Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Hey everybody, welcome to the 98th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. This week we have Justin Phillips joining the show. Justin is the Director of Corporate Sales for the Portland Sea Dogs, AA affiliate of the Boston Red Sox. If you like this episode, make sure to go back and listen to all the older episodes. There's something back there for everyone. You may know a person or two back there in the archives, so go check out all the old episodes. I want to give more shout-outs. Right now, we're at like 36 ratings slash comments on Apple Podcasts. Um, Would love to shout more people on social media And here on the pod, drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That's the easiest way. That helps drive us up the charts a little bit, turns more people into members of the TARP crew. So go drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts, please. Yeah, in case you missed it, there is a designated Twitter account for the podcast. So go ahead and follow that at PullingTARPPod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tart Podcast and reach out about coming on as a guest. And if there's any businesses that would like to become sponsors, that's where they can reach out as well. If you really want to, you can also follow me on Twitter at It's R.A. Kuhn. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. And don't forget, everybody, there is a Spotify playlist with all all of the walk-up songs that the guests share at the end of the shows. So um, that is the Pulling Tarp podcast walk-up playlist on on Spotify, so go check that out. And then also, um, there's merchandise now, guys. Uh, Not a ton, but there is some merchandise. You can now get Pulling Tarp podcast stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art. You can find that on the Pulling Tart Podcast Twitter account or on tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. Again, you can find that on the Pulling Tart Podcast Twitter account where there is a link tree in our bio. With that being said, folks, let's chat with Justin Phillips. Justin, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Super happy to have you on, man. What made you want to work in minor league baseball? You've you've worked in sales in a lot of different industries. What made minor league baseball, you know, sell itself to you? Yeah, that that is a great question, and unfortunately, I don't have like a great answer. I, I never wanted to. Um, it wasn't a dream of mine per se to work in minor league sports. Um, I always wanted to work in sports, but, uh, you know, I'm from Maine, 
Uh, I'm established here, and, and I was lucky enough to get an internship with the, the main Red Claws at the time. And so I got my first taste in sales. And, and after I graduated college, they didn't have a job for me. So I got some outside sales jobs. And, and at that time, my girlfriend, not my fiance, wasn't looking to move out of Maine. And she was more important to me than chasing after a, a, a job in sports. So I thought right then my, my career in sports was, was over. Right. So I took some outside sales jobs. And then bounced around here and there and then you know a position opened in 2013 and I was lucky enough to make connections like I did uh with you know my, my current boss now Dennis Meehan at the the main Red Claws and I was kind of brought on there so I never never thought I would work in minor league baseball is ever something that I you know wanted to come out and and do but it was an absolute uh phenomenal thing that that happened and I, and I love it yeah yeah it's I miss it a lot, honestly, um, but got out because it didn't really mold to the lifestyle of, you know, being a married man, uh, you know, trying to have a family, stuff like that. We were talking before we started recording, you got two little ones, you just put them to bed. Yeah. How does, how does that affect, you know, you working in minor league baseball? I mean, you're at the, you're at the stadium, you know, when you have a homestand, probably 80 to a hundred hours a week, you know? Yeah, um, a lot of respect goes to uh, my fiance. Uh, you know, I, I lean on her a lot, especially during the season. Um, and, you know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. In the season sucks. There's some yeah. days I just don't want to go to work because I would rather spend time with my kids or uh, I miss a few things going to some amusement parks or the beach or family parties, mm-hmm. especially in the summer. Um, but what we always talk about as a family is in the off season, it's so much better. Um, and I can't, the team that I work for the sea dogs, they're so family friendly that there's no questions asked. If one of my kids are sick, if I have a school school function, I need to go to, if I'm coaching, um, little league or soccer, basketball, I have to, you know, knock out an hour early here and there, or they come into the office. It's never, it's never an issue. They're very family friendly. So they make up for it in the back end. Um, which really makes it worthwhile and how I'm able to, to still do it. But if I didn't have a, a very, very, you know, strong woman at home uh, to hold on the fort, I don't know if I'd be, you know, still here Yeah, eight years late, nine years later. Right. I hear that, man. I definitely hear that. Um, so I'm a big, big sports fan, big basketball fan. And when I was out of college, I was, I got my first, well, my first sports internship with the Williamsport Crosscutters, but I sent resumes to NBA D League teams, and I never heard anything back. But um, so I just want to know what was it like working in a different minor league sport, like the NBA D League? Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was I'm a I'm a really big basketball guy. So when I heard I was at my senior year of the University of Southern Maine, and I heard there was a team coming to town, and I got really really excited, and I just I remember I, I went home and, and I wrote this cover letter. We're looking back on it now, I mean, it was probably junk. And how I got <laughs> an interview, I have no idea. Because I barely did anything, you know, until then. It's, you know, my, my time at Reebok selling shoes is not going to put me in the front of the line. I have no idea. But I was able to go in for an interview. And um, and I turned in. I want to know more of the business side. And, and it was really beneficial because uh, they allowed me to do a lot of things. But what I thought was great was, uh, from afar, very not from afar, but up close, I saw how they built the team and how they dealt with problems and how they sold season tickets and how they really created a 
a very solid franchise that is still around today, 10 years later, and it's, it's doing very well. And um, it was just really great to see and being involved in the first year with helping out with fans and, and seeing how the, the NBA does things and how they do things, you know, really got my, my brain working of the back end of sports and yeah. what sports is really about. And, um, you know, you, you can't, you can't turn up the, the opportunity to work for a great team when you're down in the basement and you're stuffing envelopes for, you know, six hours a day unpaid, but right. you get to talk to a couple of account executives here and there and get a little bit of knowledge. I mean, that's, you know, valuable right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just off, offhand any of who made the league from that team anybody um we had there uh there's a few call-ups on that team i remember um no one really big actually i'm sorry i'm gonna take that back there um the game before he went off jeremy lynn played for the springfield armor he dropped the triple double and then a week later, Lynn's sanity happened. Wow. And I remember being, I remember looking at um, one of the guys there and being like, who is this guy? Like, he is phenomenal. And he was like, he's the guy from Harvard. And I was like, oh, yeah, they beat Boston College twice that year. Like, okay. what is he doing down here? And then a week later, Lynn sanity happened. And I was okay. like, I saw that guy drop a triple-double in Portland, Maine a week before. Okay. So that was cool. That is pretty cool. There, um... But the Portland team is affiliated with Boston, right? Yeah. Okay. When they when they first started, it was it was back then. It was they had uh, it was a, it was the Bobcats yep. and and the Celtics. Oh yeah, and yeah, I do remember that. It, so it was we had um, there was a center that also made the league too. He was backup for the Pelicans uh, for a while. Uh, a guy from France, I forget his name. Okay, um, but he. Would, block a lot of shots to the other team that would get easy layups i remember but okay you, you can't teach being seven foot yeah right right exactly um so we both you know i i still work in sales um i'm in insurance now um uh, which which is quite different than baseball <laughs> um but and and you know obviously you are the director of sales um so how does sales differ from industry to industry? Because I know you worked in sales in a lot of other different industries. So, yeah, um, I have a, and I don't know if this is like a unique take on sales, but I think sales are the same. Mm-hmm. I think the 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 foundation of sales is the same no matter what you're selling. It's the it, it's different of what you're selling, or if you think about it as in a house, the foundation is the same. The rooms may be different; they might be set up differently. But you're going through the same process on everything. You know, everything yeah. starts with a cold call, to setting a meeting, to finding pain, asking questions, presenting, closing, you know. Right. And, and just what are you doing in between those? What pressure points are you you pressing on? So um, that's what I, you know, came into selling with the Sea Dogs of being trained by other industries. Maybe it wasn't the same questions I was asking or the same you know, pressure points and, and maybe image wasn't a, a huge deal like it was when I was selling uniforms, but I could still ask those similar questions or, or the end goal was the same. Or I could still have my pitch just twisted a little bit to don't meet the prospect needs, but it's kind of, in my mind, the foundation of sales is always the same. It's just what you're selling changes. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think, you know, going from baseball to insurance, I would say about 98% of it is the same, but the sale, the sales come a lot easier in insurance. Um, you know, because, because in baseball, a, sometimes it can be tough to, 
to sell, you know, a big package to, to a potential sponsor, right? Whereas in insurance, it's something everybody needs, right? Whereas baseball, you know, they may, they may decide to spend their money on TV commercials or billboards or what have you. Everybody needs insurance and it all comes down to the almighty daughter dollar, excuse me. Um, but now I would say, I would say cold calling, um, might not be easier when you're selling in sports, but you don't get as many people mad hanging up on you or swearing Absolutely. at you over the phone. You get a lot more maybe pleasant people being like, oh, I love the team. We're not interested. Thank you so much, though. Yes. It, I remember just selling auto supplies or uniforms, and people were just calling me every name in the book when I was knocking on the yeah. door. And this time, it's maybe more of a, not a warmer call, but you get that like, oh yeah, I like you guys. I'm just not interested. So sure. I feel like it, it might be a little bit, a little bit nicer, but yeah. yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, cold calling in insurance is tougher <laughs> than in baseball because let's face it, everybody you call in baseball knows where you're calling from, you know, and, yeah. and they realize, you know, that that what the team does in the community and that kind of stuff, they're at least willing to, take your call, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that I, I think those are the biggest differences. But if you had to narrow it down to one secret to sales, what what is the number one secret? Oh, that that is a very, very loaded question. I know. <laughs> um, if I can get two, I got two things that I, I push very, very heavily. Okay. Um, one of them is being yourself. I think that is the uh, one of the most important things possible is just being yourself. Uh, I think in, in a world that we live in, where everyone's behind a computer screen and and everything, it's it's very easy to pick out who's fake and who's not, and yeah. who's not being real. And if you're yourself, if you're, I always say, if you're awkward, be awkward. If you're funny, be funny. If you're serious, be serious. But but then they be yourself. Maybe not say all the dick jokes and, and <laughs> swear like a pirate that you might do with with your friends. Right. But, scale that back a little bit but just be yourself and, and have fun with it and smile on the phone and um because if you're yourself it's gonna it's gonna translate over the phone and people are gonna be more willing to talk to you or or go on this journey with you and start a partnership because you're not trying to you know you're not being fake yeah everyone knows um someone who's fake they always have that friend who you're just like dude that guy's kind of a scumbag or that girl's a scumbag because you know they say one thing then do the other thing and they're not being who they are. It's just if you are who you are, you're being yourself, you're going to um, be a lot more successful than you are because you come off as genuine. For sure. Um, and then I say my, my the second thing, and I learned this the hard way, I think this is um, something really tough, is you got to point the finger inward before you point the finger outward. Mm-hmm. Um, you're sell- you're selling blame- yourself. Yep. Yeah, and, and you can't blame other people for your downfalls or, or your failures. It's You need to look inward first and say, what did I do wrong? Um, how I came to that is I got fired from my two, my two sales jobs before this. Okay. I would, I, I lived in the world of, it, it was my sales manager. It was my territory. It was my product. It was, it was everyone but mine. And then when you can look and, and see in, in word and say, well, I didn't cold call that properly. I didn't ask those questions. I didn't put in the time. I didn't try to better myself and, and I didn't try to change. Then you're not at changing. You're not going to get better. You're just going to stay in this little block. So always looking inward um, and seeing what can you correct before looking outward. And, and of course, there's some sales that are out of your control and, and sure. it's their fault, not yours. But for the most part, it, 
it falls on you. Mm-hmm. So if you can look inward and say, I need to do better, then it's going to be better in the long run. Those are my, those are my two, my two big things. Secret of sales. Okay. Okay. I dig it. Um, I, I do want to stop for a second and say that I do really miss, uh, cussing like a pirate and the dick jokes. So, um, I went from working in minor league baseball for eight years with, yeah. with primarily men. And, and yeah. if, if there were women, they were, they were used to it. They, they expected yeah. it. And now I work in an office with all ladies. They're all, almost all of them are moms, um, and you know some of them are are preachers husband or preachers wives which there's nothing wrong with but every once in a while you get a frustrating call you just want to drop the f bomb or or yeah. you know you you want to take some time out of the day to tell a dick joke at the water cooler and i can't do that anymore yeah. it's out the window <laughs> it sucks <laughs> oh yeah absolutely it does oh yeah i remember that i remember those days i do miss the camaraderie and um you know just joking around with with my buddies that that i worked with but you know you you know you gotta oh, yeah. sacrifice some things so absolutely oh yeah, yeah. No, 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 it comes with and it, it comes with that when you're especially in belly baseball you're with each other so like so much oh yeah that you be you become almost like a family you can say things that they know the real you so it's 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 not like there's some things in um, one of my good buddies, and he'll tell, and he's like, "Dude, you said some of the meanest things to me." And I'm like, "They're not mean." And he goes, "Well, they're, they'd be mean if they were from anyone else." Right. Goes, but I know you, and I know what you're saying. He goes, "But there are sometimes like I just be like, dude, I'm like, oh man, my bad, man. Like, yeah. You know, we're just razzing on each other." And he's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, no, I get it." But, yep, yep. Um, so, in your opinion, it doesn't have to be the biggest sale. What is the best sale? that you've ever gotten the best sale i ever gotten is um is this, this local guy and the reason was it's not my biggest sale um but and when i when i first sold it it was one of my smallest okay. um it was like a small one but the reason i loved it so much and and because of what happened in 2020 and 2021 my years just all blend together so i have sure. no one I think it was in 16. It could have been in 17. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I called him up and, and I'm like, Hey, I heard your radio. Love to chat with him. I never talked to the, the decision maker. I was always on the phone with the gatekeeper. And she goes, well, you know, send me your stuff and I'll pass it along. Send my stuff, call him three weeks later. She goes, he looked at it and threw it out. Mm. Says, Nope. Found out that you work with someone else. He's not working with you. Oh, and I said, mm-hmm. okay. Throughout. And then the next year I give him a call. I find his email. I shoot him an email. And he respectfully gets back to me and goes, nope, I've looked at you before. It doesn't make sense. We're fine. Sends that back. And I say, okay. Yeah. My next email back to him is, I completely don't understand. Uh, I, I just, I saw your ad again. I thought it might be a great fit. If anything changes, please let me know. And then I said, also, we started this new program. It's called, it's called our business partnership package. It's two season tickets and a concourse sign or the three other things or like it's a a la carte you pick right 2500 like very low money just it was it, the package just tried it you know peak interest he got back to me within 10 minutes he's like wait so i can get this this and this absolutely calls me up goes let's do it nice. signed on and then the next year we we he loved it so much that we built on to it and we built on to it and then we built on to it again so 
he went from throwing out my package to four years later, we're golf, me and him are golfing together. Yep. Um, he's a really good guy. We have a great relationship. You know, his partnership will probably outlast me, and I'm not looking to leave anytime soon. And that's so that's my best sale of not giving up because someone told me no and said that they won't work with me. It's just I didn't provide them with the right information. And yeah. then when I was able to get them in, we were able to build up. So um, that's that to me is my biggest and, and my best sale. Yeah. I have so many like different stories that, that, you know, equate to that. Um, and it's, it's funny. It's just, you know, sometimes it's the timing. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's, you know, what, what you're trying to push. Sometimes it's, you know, who you're talking to. It, it, it all, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it, you know? Um, yeah, it, it just opens up. And I always say that I follow up with, like one of my like sales, like I think everyone has like a sales superpower. I think one of mine is I'm just persistent, and yeah. I reach out to everyone every single year. And I have people that have told me no since I started in 2013, and I still send them an email, give them a call once a year, and they just laugh about it and say we're all set. Okay, great. But one thing's gonna change, and I always fear because it happens is the worst. Wor- the worst is when you put time into an account, they tell you no, you let it slip, and then your counterpart calls them. And they sell it. Yeah. And it's not their fault. It's your fault because you gave up on it. And they just swapped, you know, swooped, you know, came in, swooped in and said, hey, this is mine now because they're interested. And that's yeah. the, the worst fit. You're happy for your counterpart, but it's the worst feeling because you're like, that should have been mine. I am a firm believer that sometimes it's just the voice on the other end of the phone. If 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 you call on somebody for four straight years and and then I call somebody the next year, you gave up on them, you pass you pass it along to the new guy, and then they get a meeting, they make a small sale, something like that. Sometimes it's just the person on the other end of the phone. Oh, it's a different voice. But it, but the the thing that I I don't mind that if I pass it along and you get it, I'm pumped for you, and it's like, hey, I couldn't do it. But when I give up on it and then you take it, it's because like yeah, I sh- you know that's the feeling of me saying. I didn't follow up. I didn't do my job, and you, you know, you did yours, and you sold it. If I'm like, hey man, you call these counts because they're not answering back, and they sell it, um, doesn't affect me at all. Good for you. It's the ones that you you forgot about. Right, is <laughs> the worst. So when I first started with the Delmarva Shorebirds, um, I was just the the graphics, social media, marketing person. And I kept on pushing. I kept on asking our general manager and assistant general manager, "Hey, I want I want to make some sales, guys. Like like I've done this before. Like I want I want some extra money in my pocket. I was trying to save up for my wife's ring, actually, and I I just wanted to put it on the resume again and that kind of yep. stuff. And they said, "Well, you know, all all of our accounts are are pretty much taken. We got enough corporate salespeople." Um, you can you can call on some some old accounts. You can find new ones, but we're not going to give you any renewals. Okay, cool. I I had so many meetings, and I ended up make. I think I sold maybe twenty fifteen to twenty grand the first the first year, and yeah. and had like eight or nine new accounts, and the people that were there for six, seven, eight years were so mad because they had given up on those accounts long, a long time ago. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's just the other person on the end of the phone. 
Sometimes Absolutely. it's the timing, you know. And, and the wind changes. They could have been, like you said, a, a million different factors. They're in a great mood that day. They just launched a new product. They got mm-hmm. a promotion, so now they can have, you know, they have extra money for season tickets, or yep. you know, they realize morale's low, so now they need to do a group outing. Or it's a million things that you don't know, and when you when you give up, you give you you automatically give yourself a no. Yeah, like you just want that fighting chance. Exactly. Exactly. So Jesse. Scaglione, he he's the yep. one that set this up, and uh, so I just gotta know what's it like working with Jesse Absolutely terrible. and and Emma. Absolutely terrible. It's it's <laughs> the worst. It's the it's it's by far the worst. Um, uh, the day he started, I went to my GM. I said, "Hey, like I can give him my two weeks now, or I can just leave in two weeks." It's your decision. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Um, they're they're great. They're uh, they're both phenomenal people to work with. Um, great, great, great human beings. Um, just the, the short time I've worked with Emma. Um, the, the sad thing about Emma is she started the day before we shut down the office for COVID. Yeah. So for like that first year, I didn't like, she was someone on my zoom calls that I couldn't really talk to and I didn't really know. Um, so I, I felt like, you know, really bad to get back to the office, but, um, she's great. I bounce a lot of ideas off her. She fits in the office office perfectly. She just, uh, wealth of knowledge yeah. um, with baseball and comes up with some you know some cool ideas for me to sell or I'll go to her and say I got this client I'm trying to pitch them you know what would this thing fit into baseball and she can come up with ideas or, or think about things that are, are phenomenal and um, so she's great and, and then Jesse I've worked with him just a, a short amount of time yeah and it, it's been phenomenal with with him he's come out you know in some really clutch situations helped me out with some sponsors kicked around some ideas and um, and also with him, just a really great wealth of knowledge. So sure. um, just just great people. Yeah, they're both like just so smart. Like, and and Emma's seen so many different things in all of her travels, and Jesse's got so much experience for for being so young. It, it's kind of wild. Um, what's it like working with a with a engaged couple in the office? That's got to be a little different. Um, it, it it's. It's not really. You don't see it a lot. Maybe, maybe it's because they're um, they're separated on two different floors. Okay. Um, but like, uh, it's it, there's nothing to it. Like you, they're like Pam and Jim. You probably wouldn't even recognize it if, <laughs> if you weren't told that, okay. that they were they were together. Maybe a couple of things, but yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, they're they're great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're they're a great power couple for sure. Hmm. Um. So you also do your own podcast. I didn't know this until yesterday when you texted me about it. Um, it's the yeah. Sports Sales and Coffee podcast. Yep. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that and how often it comes out, where people can find it, all that good stuff? Yeah. Uh, I believe it's available everywhere. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm technology. like That's not my strong point. So <laughs> uh, I believe iTunes, Spotify, all the major ones, it's there. Um, it comes out about once a week. I did have a little hiatus because of the, uh, the 2021 season really, uh, kicked my ass. Sure. So it kind of pushed me, you know? Yeah. So I, I took a little hiatus from building it back up. Um, it, it's, yeah, it, it's fun. I talk about sales and best practices, sales tips, things I'm going through, things that I think might help, um, other people that sell them for sports or just sales in general, um, to maybe kind of reassure them or maybe have them think about a, a different 
setting to kind of hopefully build their career and, and, and get them bigger commission checks and sell more stuff. And um, it's something I've always wanted to do. I just kind of felt that I started it back in 2018. Um, I, I, was, I worked for a uniform company and I was trained very well. And I felt when I started working in sports, talking to people around the league, I felt like a lot of new sales reps were just kind of thrown into the fire. Yeah. And they were just told like, here's a book, call. And you always get the, the thing of like millennials are lazy and it's the next generation. I don't think that's true. I think it's people want more information. Why why am I calling them? What am I trying to do? It's more mental than it is kind of physical of just calling a number. It's what are you saying? Are you saying, you know, different words? Are you using the word contract and you should be using the word agreement? Are you saying you know, you're saying opportunities enough or you want to build partnerships. So you're trying to mm-hmm. use these key words to get you to that meeting. And then what are you doing? Are you just presenting? Are you listening? Are you adding it up? And so I just wanted to help out as much as I could when I started. I didn't think anyone was going to listen. That was my mom. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of you know put it out there. And, and some people have been listening and um, they find that it's helped them out. So I, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm floored that more than one person named my mother listens to it. So yeah. it's, it, it's all appeal from there. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's with, with any podcast. I'm, I'm surprised that people listen to this one. Um, <laughs> but, but you are the 98th episode. So it's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Um, I really wish that you would have been doing that podcast when I was still working in sports. Um, that would have helped me out a lot actually. Um, yeah, and it's fun, and and I've, you know, it's fun. I'll have people hit me up and and will say like, you know, I love the community you've built, and I'm just, and I, I'm just so floored that like people will reach out to me or I'll get a message from someone that says, hey, you talked about cold calling, and I switched up my my approach. I was able to set three meetings today, and I was in a cold spell for the last week, um, hey. or that like, I, you know, you reiterated how you you know, how you, you, um, you know, you manage your time and now that's what I already do. So you just, you told me that that's what I should do. Or I've got hit by people saying like, my manager sucks and he is the worst person. He does not help out at all. And I'm thriving because I'm listening to your podcast. And it's like, to me, that's like leaps and bounds. And I, I ever thought it would go anywhere. And, um, just people hitting me up and it's just, it's to me, it's just amazing. And it just, it, fires me up to get more episodes out and, and try and push it and go go from there. That's awesome. How many episodes are you in now? Um, I think I got uh, 137, Okay. All right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, I was pretty consistent for a while of once a week, um, once a week doing it, and then 2020 happened. And I, I also pride myself on being as real as possible and talking about things that I'm doing. So I'm never like sure. – trying to Google things and and making up sales techniques. So it was really tough for me because 2021 was really just, I felt like 2021 where we were, I wasn't selling. I was more operations. I was more just begging people to keep their money with me. And I was like, what do you want? Great. You can have it. And I just, and I realized I'm not an operations guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just not an operations guy. So um, it was tough for me to make podcasts or, or come out and be fake. So I was like, Nope, I'll just take a break. When yeah. I'm better in a, in a better mental, you know, mental headspace, I'll come back out with them. So I'm okay. starting to build it, build it back up. All right. If you ever need a guest, I'll be, I'll be more than happy to, to come on. Um, I would love to have you on. 
All right. All right. Um, but I definitely understand where you're, you were saying that, you know, the 2021 season, you know, got in the way. I, I had the idea for this podcast for probably three or four years before I got out of baseball. And I just never had the time because I yeah. worked in baseball. Um, and, <laughs> and now, you know, I, that was one thing I said to my wife when we were engaged at that point, when I left baseball, I, I said, Hey, I'm going to have some more time. At that point, she was still working night shifts. And I was like, I really want to do this podcast and I want to put it out weekly and I want to do zoom calls with people and, you know, do social media for it and all this stuff. And she's like, go ahead and do it. Like you're going to, you're going to have more time with me, more time, you know, all that stuff. So, um, she's been pretty supportive. Um, but yeah, you just don't have the time when you're working in baseball (laughs) to do this stuff like that. So, Oh, I know. I think I, I, when I started it, uh, it was 2019. I started in April. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. I started, like, in the beginning of the season. I remember I had a coworker man. who was like, what the hell are you doing? I said, I don't know, man. I just feel like I want to try to build something. Um, and basically, the, the I say the, the real story is um, I was mad, and that's why I started it. Yeah. I wrote a training for work. Nobody read it. I said, fine, if you guys don't want my ideas, I'll put them out to the world, and, and whoever wants them can have them. And there you go. It was kind of go from there. <laughs> that's funny. But, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so this is the Pulling Tarp Podcast. Do you have any crazy or wild tarp stories? I don't have any crazy ones. When you said that to me, I kept thinking of, of uh, maybe I got a couple. I, I mean, the one thing I always say is is the worst tarp pulls are the ones you got to pull during games. Yeah. Because it's quick on, quick off. You, there's no prep. Um, and I remember just, I, I always, I'll be the guy, I always look at the interns and I'll say, who's pulled tarp before? And everyone's like, no, I go, don't grab it. Like, you want to have a firm, loose grip. I go, if you, it pulls out of your hand, let it go. Because you're not holding that tarp. It's going right. to rip your socket off. Yep. And then I always tell them, I say, we're not the Marines. We will leave you behind. If you fall, crawl your ass to the side because we're not stopping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Remember that. And I remember there was one time we are running. And this, this um, short, short little girl, um, you know, pulling tarp and she trips. And I just, I remember I reached out my God, that guy grabbed her, like, you know, right underneath her arm. And I was like, you got to get up because we're not stopping. Yep. And she's like, fell through. Cause I was like, it is what it is. It's, it's on as Man. fast as possible because during the game, it's just downpour. Yep. Oh. And you got, you got minutes. So. Yeah. I don't miss being, tarps. I don't miss being winded from a in-game tarp pull. Cause usually in, in my role, I was sprinting down from the press box down to the field and then sprinting doing the tarp pull. So um, I was a little winded afterwards. So I'm a, oh, little, yeah. I'm a little bit heavy. So The 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 absolute worst part of it, uh, after, and then afterwards after you put the tarp on, because you're just drenched. You're uh-huh. just soaked. Head to toe, because if, if you're doing it in-game, it's just it's because it's really raining. And then the worst is when you walk, when you walk into the concourse, all the fans are there. It's just all tight groups, and you see one of your contacts, and they're just and they're talk to you, and you're just like, I am so uncomfortable. Yeah. I just want to go into the ticket office to my office upstairs because it's I'm just I'm soaked all the way through. I don't want to talk to anyone, but you have to because it's that's the that's the job. So, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely right outside. 
Definitely not the best networking opportunity. No. That's for sure. <laughs> no. Yeah. Everyone just smells like wet dog. It's just... Yep. That, yeah. Okay. Are you a old tennis shoes person? Are you a rain boots person? Are you barefoot? What What are you? Um, I'm definitely not barefoot. I am okay. a... Uh, I, I got an old pair of Jordans, like a Team Jordans one, uh, that were too big for me. I bought them at the outlet store. And for some reason, they have been near waterproof. Wow. They are the crappiest Jordans. They are like the team brand. They probably sold them for like $30. I got them for like 15 bucks. They are all beat up, but my feet stay dry in them, and it is absolutely phenomenal. Interesting. You might be the only person I've ever met that pulls tarpon (laughs) Jordans. So, okay. Looking fresh while you do it, too, apparently. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to. You know, you know sometimes you, you just got you to put them on when you're just, you know, working the game. If you know there's a tarp situation, you just yeah. got to, you know, just okay. have them anyway. All right. I dig it. All right. Um, so you are also the on-field MC as well. Um, mm-hmm. What's your favorite part about being the on-field MC? Um, I think that my favorite part is, is I'm always busy. Okay. Uh, I'm always um, games are fun, and I get I get a boost of I get a boost of energy. Um, it could be the the iced coffees that I drink throughout the day, and yeah. the one I get before the game. Um, but it, it's it's the playing games with kids, entertaining fans. Uh, I get a, a rush of energy, and I, I really enjoy it. It's just it, it's just fun, and it makes the games go by faster. If I think I was sitting behind a desk during the games. Or always out talking to clients. I, I, I mean, that's a really long day. So I look at it as I, I get to have two jobs yep. that are very, very different. So I get to, you know, play games. I get to make a fool, my, fool out of myself. I get to laugh and um, have fun. And that's what I, I just really enjoy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I was never the type of person to be in front of the crowd. I was always the PA announcer or something like that. Like, like I don't, I don't mind speaking in front of. Yeah. people but i want to be behind a microphone and them looking away from me you know so, so we're the opposite yeah if i ever had to do pa and i had to read um and do a like a you know the, the pa script yeah i would butcher through it i'd be mumbling over my words i'd be sweating profusely um i've always found it maybe it's just like tell me who the sponsor is let me write down the kids names the name of the game and i'm gonna figure out the rest yep. Uh, live on the spot. And yeah. Some people are like, well, how do you know what you're going to say? So you find out what I'm going to say a second after I find out. Because after I exactly. say it, it's, just, it, it's out there. Yep. So, <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Um, so what's the strangest thing that you've had to assist with during a game? The strangest thing, um, I would say it was back when I was an intern and I was for the uh, the Red Claws. I okay. was an intern. It was after the game. After the game, they always did a uh, they always did an autograph table. So I would stand. I'd stand next to the players, and, the, and families would come up and get their get their autographs done. And this is pro- early in the season. And when you're an intern, you're wide eye. You don't really know what your job is. You're just happy to sure. be there. Yep. And I'm sitting there. Guy, I'm, I'm watching over the players, signing autographs. So he gives me a slap on the shoulder, and I go, "Huh?" He goes, "Go get her number for me." 
I said, what? He goes, go get a number. I go, the mom who you just signed the ball for? He's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Went up to her. Hey, Mr. So- I forget. His name. Uh, so, so-and-so would like your number. She's like, oh, me? Go, yes. Yeah. Oh, my. This is a me. Oh, my. Signs. Puts her number. Gives her. He's like, thanks, bro. And I was like, I told one of the guys, he was like, dude, you don't do that. And I was like, what? Nobody told me these things. Like, this is the first year. I'm just like wide eye, like not going to do. Got a got a mom's number um, for the player who we definitely called it later. Uh, yeah. It was just amazing. And then what I find is funny is I'll have some players that might ask me, um, like I had one it was a few years ago who was like, hey, you know, I got my, my number on this ball. Go give it to that girl in the white or black shirt or whatever. And I'm in my response and was like, you're a ball player, man. You got a good enough arm. You throw it to her. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, yeah. I got more important things to do. But I just remember that was the strangest thing I did. I'm just being an intern. So I always tell the interns too. It's like, if you feel uncomfortable doing something, don't do it. Yeah. Like, you don't need to, but it's the strangest thing. <laughs> That's, that is really funny, actually. Um, yeah. It's, it's uh, been a while since, since I've told this story on the podcast. Um, but when I was an intern, um, this old lady came up to me at the, at a Williamsport crosscutters game. And this is, this is my hometown. And, um, this, this lady came up to me, she, she had a cane and everything. She was really old. And, um, she, she said, excuse me, uh, do you see that blonde girl in the blue dress over there? And I said, I said, yeah, um, and she said, that's my granddaughter. And she told me that she'd love to sit on your face. And <laughs> I was I was like fresh out of college. I was 22 at the point. And I was like, what? what? And, what? And, and she, said, she said, yeah, do you have a phone number I can give her? And I was like, I don't have anything on me. Like, you know, like, and she goes, she goes, Hold on, I have my program and a and a pen back at my, uh, at, back at my seat. She goes back to her seat, and comes back, and um, yeah, she she took down my number. I I only exchanged like three texts with the girl, but <laughs> I it, I was just like, this is the wildest this, thing. That is that is remarkable, man. Fans are, love fans. But yeah. there are some that are just oh. uh, some of the interactions. Yeah, I mean, when you said the, the fan, I had one um, come up to me, and she was just rambling on, and I was like, hey, you know, and I'm, I'm down in the gate, ready to go on uh, onto a game, and I, and so every time I talk to someone, I say, hey, listen, if there's three outs, I got to stop immediately. I got to run out. Yeah, I got to be gone. And she goes, yep. And she goes, uh, yeah. I want to tell you this story because my mother came to to the field when she was a little girl, and she did. She told me this whole story. I'm, I'm like, oh, that's that's great. Like, like I, I'm very happy. Thanks for coming out, and it, it's a cool story. And she goes, yeah. Like, can you put the camera on me so I can tell the fans? And I was like, what? She goes, no, no, like, put me on the big screen so I can tell everyone. I was like, you, so that your mother came here? Like, no, I can't do that. And she's like, why not? Because <laughs> we have like things going on. She and. She points the camera guy who's just standing there waiting for the third out to go out and film us. And she's like, he's not doing anything right now. Like, he can come over in here and film me and put on the video board. I was like, ma'am, 
what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not how things work. No. And just, she was so mind blown. Like, I think she complained to my GM about me, and then he was like, I, she's crazy. Yeah. Um, that's, that's wild that someone just asked if their granddaughter could sit on your face. Yeah, super wild. Um, <laughs> And then you were talking about the the players writing their number on the ball and tossing it to girls. So in uh, Beloit, we had a girl. She was a game day worker. And she was on like the promo crew and stuff. And um, one year, a player threw her ball with it with a number on it, and that player went on to be a Gold Glove winner. Um, and she didn't give him the time of day, but the very next year, another guy did it and he topped out at double A, but they are now married and have kids together. And like, I was at a bar in Beloit, Wisconsin, um, at like my favorite bar and it was like December and this player sits at the bar next to me. I was like, dude, what are you doing here? And he was like, oh, I live here now. And I was like, holy shit. Wow. So, so she she didn't give the gold glove winner the time of day, but she gave this guy that topped out at double A. And they're married. Hey, man. So. That's, hey, it's the, uh, I guess, th- maybe now that makes my story feel bad that I ruined true love. That yeah. I ruined this player that he could have. You know, yeah. found true love and, and had a life together, and, and because I didn't bring a ball to her, I guess that's I guess you he's got he's got to do the work himself. He's got to do the leg work. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they got good enough arms. That's why I said, like, yeah, come on, man, you're a ball player, you can throw that up to her. Exactly. So we do have some listener questions for you. Let's, let's see here. Okay. Uh, Jason Bond uh, asked, Slugger the Sea Dog is one of the best mascots out there. What can we do to get his antics more widely known? That is a, um, I can't agree with that question more than I am right now. Slugger okay. the Sea Dog is, is arguably the, the greatest uh, mascot of all time. Um, I think it's just we're starting to dabble more on social media and sharing his what he does. Um, and I was lucky enough. I think it was 2018. I was lucky enough to be in the skit with uh, with Slugger that went viral. Oh wow! It it had about uh, it was the Dirty Dancing skit. So he it was his 80s night. He, it's, it's on YouTube. Look up Slugger the Sea Dogs 80s dance. Okay. Um, and I was I was his Patrick Swayze, and we did Lift. And it was um, absolutely incredible. It blew <laughs> up. I think it had like th- you know 30 million views. Um, the official Dirty Dancing website picked it up, put it all oh, on. Wow. We were uh, number eight. I, I, I crossed off a life goal that year of I was uh, number eight on SportsCenter Top 10. There you like, go. I mean, I've always wanted to be Sports Center. Type. I grew up with Sports Center. Yeah. Being number eight, I lost to a damn dog given CPR. That was number seven. Damn. So it was a slow sports day. But um, yeah, just sharing more of his videos, 
he comes up with just phenomenal, phenomenal skits, and then he, he puts it on. And um, anytime he needs needs a hand of trying things, uh, I always try to help out. You know, Slugger the, the, the most because he's the best. All right, yeah, I I am not aware of Slugger's antics, so so that's intriguing. I'll have if, to tune in. You know, before you go to bed, uh, if you're looking for you know you know five hours to kill, look up on go to Facebook, look up all his videos. Um, I think they're more on Facebook than they are on YouTube, but there's a few YouTube ones and, and just does a, a really, really great job. And, um, yeah. Okay. All right. He's the best CEO in town. There we go. All right. And then, uh, Paul Caputo, who is the host of, um, the, uh, what's it? what's his podcast called baseball by design podcast. Um, he's, he writes for sportslogos.net. Um, I met Paul many years ago in a press box in Beloit, Wisconsin. And, um, yeah, he's, he's an amazing guy. So he asked, since real Harbor seals don't have ears or, you know, he said, raises eyebrows suspiciously, suspiciously, who is slugger really? Uh, so slugger, the seal, slugger, the sea dog, um, is just a great seal from, uh, Casco Bay. Um, okay. so he came, you know, he, he came to Hadlock field, uh, back in 1990, was kind of around 1993, 1994, yeah. where he came. Um, but you know, like anything, you know, great evolution, he was able to, you know, hear the fans, um, and, and grow those flaps and, and just be an absolute dominant seal. Um, and not just our world, but everyone's world. Okay. All right. And Jesse Scaglione. He asked, "Hey Justin, who's your favorite coworker that started recently?" I gotta say, my favorite coworker um, is is Isaac Salisbury. He started to he, yesterday. Um, he's got to be my hands-on <laughs> favorite. Um, he just started out recently, and I'll tell you, it's just it's phenomenal. The the day he's been there, it's just been um, you know a- a- absolutely great. Jesse's a close second. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I gotta go Isaac. You know, he's just second day on the job, just doing a great job. Okay, what's Isaac's role? Um, he's gonna be a, a ticket office coordinator. Okay, so uh, learn the ropes. He was an intern for a couple of years, um, and then yeah, so excited to have him back. You know, much improvement to the ticket office. Okay, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> um, but hey, hey, I lucked out that the podcast I'm doing, he started yesterday. You know. There we go. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right, Justin, where can the listeners find you on social media? You were tough to find, to, to research for. I, I am. I mean, I'm from the old school way of social media. I like social media, but I don't, I don't use it tons. Yeah. Like it's, it's strange. So uh, on LinkedIn, I'm probably the most active. Uh, so Justin Phillips on there. If you want to follow my, my, my podcast, hit me up. It's, it's at Sports Sales Coffee, all one word on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Sports Sales and Coffee on LinkedIn. I'm also on TikTok, which is a joke, um, but I am on TikTok. It's, uh, I'm, it's, I think I'm young. I'm not, but it's fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm pretty open. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm from the... I basically use my, my Facebook to slide into companies' DMs and ask if they want to want to work with the the C dog. So I try to keep my my antics off that because okay, you know, sure, yeah, 
Sure. Um, so currently there's only a pulling tart podcast, Twitter account. Would you, would you suggest doing an Instagram as well? Absolutely. I would do everything you can. I would do Instagram. I would try to do TikTok, um, Facebook, um, anywhere that you can get, you know, put out your content and put it out to people, um, that people are going to be there. It's going to be great. Um, I mean, I've done TikTok a little bit. I found um, someone that I messaged back and forth from. Oh God, what was he from? Where is he from? Spain? Uh, is he, uh, from Europe? That, okay. that has listened and, and found that way from TikTok, and he kind of able to to clip out and do some funny things on that, and and you know stretch your you know stretch your wings as as they may say. So okay, um, yeah, it's been, I, I would try everything. I would definitely try to do Instagram. Definitely try to do uh, Facebook and then just and also with Twitter and kind of pull it all together. All right, all right, very cool. Yeah. Um, and so there is a uh, Spotify playlist. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I ask the same question for every guest. Um, same last question. And so there's a Spotify playlist with all of our guests' walk-up songs that they answer to this question. So during your minor league baseball career, what has been your favorite walk-up song and whose was it? So I saw this one and, and I'm going to trip you up, unfortunately, because oh. my, my, I know. And so I'm going to see if I can find the audio and if I can, I'm going to send it to you. Okay. My absolute favorite theme song walk-up um, was Mookie Betts and his cousin made him a custom song for for walk up okay and it was an absolute phenomenal song it was bad and amazing all at the same time (laughs) and every time he would come up everyone just say you know you know who can best take it over his name was in the song (laughs) you can't get better than that those are always the best it was the best um so I, I got to say, that was my favorite one uh, coming through. The other one that I think about it now, which always got me hyped, and I feel like if I was good at any sport and I could have a walk-up music, I would want this one too because it's just so phenomenal. It was uh, our catcher for a while. It was Matt Spring, and he had the John Cena, the champ is here oh. every time he came out. And I just felt like that was such a classic one. Okay. And he also hit the, the Mother's Day Miracle where he hit a Grand Slam in the ninth to win it when he came out to that song. So, there we go. I mean... Okay. It, so, if I can't find the Mookie Best one, it's the John Cena, the champ is here. Because that's go. just... I mean... Right. You, you gotta you gotta believe in yourself if yep. you're walking out to the champ is here. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great song. Um, I mean, it's great and it's bad at the same time. But... Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't come out to, um, or, or ones that are like a little too serious or you hear like, it's, I don't know. I, I, I feel it, in the, in the majors. Sure. You know, Dustin Majora coming out to California love is just, it gets everyone going on. Yeah. And, um, it, it's like, that's where you're going to pump up. You're a Miley baseball and you're trying to have fun and you're family friendly and you're coming out to John Cena. Yep. <laughs> like, love it. <laughs> one of yes. one of those songs is gonna be on the pulling tarp p- 
podcast walk-up playlist that's on Spotify. I don't know which one yet. We'll we'll find out. Um, but um, man, Justin, this was a great interview. Had a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much for coming on to the Pulling Tart podcast. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening after you put the kiddos to bed. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate having me on. Um, you, you're doing great stuff. Uh, I'm excited to, to be a part of your journey. So, so thank you for having me on. And uh, if anything I can do to help you out in the, in the future, man, don't don't hesitate to reach out. Perfect. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.